Welcome to Willard Church of the Nazarene. We're glad you're here. We can't wait to share the service with you. Shout out your praise. 
If you would, would you turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11 and hold your place there. We'll be there first and then we're going to go to Genesis 22. Hebrews 11 and then Genesis 22. Hebrews is towards the end, six books back, maybe five books back from Revelation. Genesis, obviously the first book. Hebrews 11 and Genesis chapter 2, 22. 22. Hebrews 11 tells us what faith is. I saw Sharon, I think Siebel, post this scripture on her Facebook today or or this morning, or maybe it was last night. But Hebrews 11 tells us what faith is. Uh, You see in verse 1, it says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of, of things we cannot see. Another translation says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. When it comes to faith, people often think of, about it as a leap, right? You often hear it say, hey, you need to take a leap of faith, right? And I think sometimes, though, we mistakenly think of that as a leap into the dark, a leap into the unknown. <laughs> that, that's not what faith is, though. In reality, though, faith is more like a, a step into the promise of God, Step into the promise, right? If you read the verses before 11, 11, 11, 1, you see that God is promising something to his people, right? And then it moves to application. And then we come to the verse that we just read, 11, 1, and God says what faith is. And it's believing in that promise that God has spoken over our lives. So faith isn't just saying, oh, I became a believer, and now I'm going to take this leap of faith off this cliff into the darkness. It's saying, oh, I've become a believer, and I found out that God has spoken promises over my life, and I am going to step into those promises. I'm going to trust him and move forward. What the enemy wants to do, though, is to cause you to have amnesia, cause you to forget those promises that God has spoken over your life. Forget the faithfulness of God in your life. If he can do that, he can weaken your confidence in what God is going to do in your future. He can keep you right where you're at, playing it safe, avoiding the tests that he has for you, and just keep you from moving forward, as I said. Faith has to stay active. It's like working out. If you, if you work out, work out, work out, and then you quit working out, your muscles fade, right? You get weaker. Faith has to stay active. If, if we fuel it through our, through our memory, right, of what God has done through taking in God's word, which tells us who God is, then faith is kept alive if we keep moving forward into it. It keeps pushing us to continue to step forward in the promises of God. If you know Abraham's story, which I'm, I'm sure you do, He is an example of a man who took a step into the promises that God gave him. The part one of his story, maybe the origin story, as we like to hear about today, is that age 75, God spoke to him and said, hey, pack up your stuff, leave your home, take your family, and head to this land that I'm going to show you, right? This land that I'm promising to you. So he gets his family together and in faith steps, takes those steps in this direction into what God was calling him to do, a step towards the land that God had promised him, not knowing, though, where he was going. God gives him another promise. Hey, you and your wife are going to have a son, a son of promise. They had been barren at this time, past the age of childbirth, right? But they believed, and they stepped forward in this direction, even though the, the book of Hebrews tells us he was as good as dead. That's how old he was at this time. And along come, comes Isaac, though, when he's 100 years old. Isaac, the son of promise, the promised son. That's part one of Abraham's faith story. And I probably should have preached on that today and then the next one, but I want to do something the next week. But part two is, is the most difficult test. 
that comes to Abraham. God asked him to sacrifice that son of promise, right? You know the story. And Abraham has a choice whether or not to step forward and believe the promises that God has given him or to shrink back and avoid them. Well, in Hebrews, we find out what happens. Verse 17, if you'd skip down to there, Hebrews 11, verse 17, it was, it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. Now, this is a, a bit complicated. If you're newer to the faith, you've, you probably would love part one, right? Abraham leaves his home in search of this promised land and, and finds this promised land. You'd love that. Even though he was at this old age, him and his wife, right, they still somehow managed to have this son of promise. And you hear about this son and through him blessing the entire earth, the world. Yet, once he steps forward into those promises, right? Once the miracles happen, God would then later come and put him to the test. The test is, are you willing to put your son on the altar? Are you willing to sacrifice him? This story actually unfolds in Genesis 22, so if you'd flip back there, I just want to read it. I just want to go through this story, beginning at verse 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Now, if you're new to the faith, or even not new to the faith, right, this seems a little bit crazy that God would ask him to do this. I remember the first times I, I read this, I was like, really? It didn't seem like something that God would ask him to do. Now, in the context of the day, though, this wouldn't be weird. This was something that unfortunately happened all the time. This is something that unfortunately still happens today, right? People sacrifice their kids to, back then to the pagan gods like Moloch. So this was a common practice at the time. Also, we know how the story plays out, though. We've been in church, many of us, long enough. We know that God really wasn't asking him to sacrifice his son in the sense he was testing him. Verse 3, the next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him along with his son Isaac. That's probably a sermon right there that we could preach about because it's pretty amazing that God asked him to do something, do something quite difficult, and the very next morning, he sets out to do it, right? I know I'm not that fast. When God asks me to do something difficult, I got I to gotta pray about it. I got to seek some other people about it. I got to think, does this line up with Scripture, right? I, I'm not the very next morning moving on to doing this very difficult thing, but here's Abraham who does this. Are we the type of people that when God lays something on our hearts, we move forward in it? I want to be more like that, right? Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, get this, on the third day, this is a pretty good journey, right? Three days traveling, plenty of time to think about what's to come, plenty of time to dread, Plenty of time to get cold feet and find a, a really good excuse not to move forward in this, right? On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Watch what he says next, though, in, in verse 5. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told his servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there. And then we will come right back. Abraham's still walking in the promise that God gave him, right? 
He's still believing. He's still trusting God. He's walking by faith. And he knows by faith that both him and Isaac are coming down that mountain. They're going up the mountain, but they're also coming down the mountain by faith. He's walking in that promise. God told him to leave that land, right? God told him that through him that he would make him into a a nation and that the peoples of the earth would be blessed. Now we know from Hebrews, he believed that God was going to raise him from the dead. That was his reasoning. That was how he came up with that. That's why he says, we'll come back right down. Verse 6, so Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. Most scholars believe that Isaac, his son, was likely in his 20s. Some put late teens at the earliest. You, you might have been taught in Sunday school that he was a little boy, right? But a little boy is not going to be able to carry enough wood for this sort of thing. So a lot of people believe that he's older and, and this is important to remember when they go up the mountain. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said. But where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. Abraham answered, And they both walked on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering, burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Jehovah-Jireh, or some translations, yahweh Yaira, which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use the name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me and not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond numbers like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. All because you have obeyed me. Now, before we get started, if there is some thought that comes up in your head, and you're like, whoa, 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 right? I, I don't know if I could serve a God or trust a God who would call me to sacrifice my son, right? I, I'm not even comfortable with the whole testing. I, I told you like the first times I read it, I was not comfortable with the whole testing and I knew how it came out, right? Hold on to that thought though and we'll end there, all right? Keep this in mind too. Remember what's going on here. We have somebody who is now probably 120-ish years old and a young man in his 20s, maybe late teens, able to carry a lot of wood up a mountain, right? That leads us to reason that at some point these two join together in faith because there's no way a 120-year-old man is going to tie up a 20-year-old man and, and sacrifice him when he doesn't want to right? The, the stronger person would have been the one who carried the wood. That would have been his son. The boy, though, has heard his father tell faith stories about the amazing things that God has asked him to do, and he's seen God's faithfulness in all the things that he's asked him to do, right? Here, head on out. Head to this promised land, this land that I'll show you. And he, he heard the stories about how God led him to this place and gave him this place. He heard the stories about his own birth, right? Hey, God told us that you were coming, that he was going to give you us. 
and now you're here. He's, he's heard that year after year, time after time. And I imagine that at some point their conversation shifts again to, where's the lamb? And that Abraham comes forward and says, you're the lamb. Here's what God told me to do. And somehow, right, this, this son, knowing the faith stories, right, somehow is in agreement that if God is asking you to do this, then we'll trust him, we'll move forward in this faith. And together, they get to see God provide, right? A ram is caught in a bush, and God keeps his promise. Make no mistake, God is always faithful, right? When whatever God calls you to do, he always provides. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. There was a basketball game that Lydia and I went to this Wednesday, um, a benefit for disabled people. And um, so we missed church. And I came here late, though, as church was ending. And I was so blessed because when I came up to the pad and started walking in, you guys didn't get to see this if you weren't here. But uh, the kids had taken and wrote all the names of God. Maybe not all of them, but it seemed like all of them on the concrete pad out there in chalk. And unfortunately, it got washed away. But I was so blessed because the more you know the names of God, the more you know who God is, right? Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. I hope, you na- I hope you write that name down today. And I hope you remember what it means. The Lord sees, the Lord will provide. I love the scripture and how it says, to this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided and We'll come to that a little bit later. There are some things, though, that God showed me and challenged me with, and I, I want to pass on those challenges and pass on those things to you. The first thing that you need to understand is that God will test you, right? He will test you. I know it's not popular. Oftentimes when there's a test that comes our way, our first reaction is to pull back from it, is to try and avoid it. It usually puts us into a place of unrest. That's the potential there. We tend to think if life is not going well, then there must be something wrong with the goodness of God. Here's the thing, though, with God's tests. Ultimately, they are are not designed to see what we're made of, but instead designed for us to see what God's made of. Did you catch that? They're not designed to see what we're made of, but instead for us to get a glimpse of what God is made of, of who he is. A test is an invitation to step into the promise of God. Not so that God can see if you can step into it, if you're able to handle what's coming your way. No, it's in order for us to see that when we do, God is faithful. God provides. He keeps his promises Some of us might not know about the faithfulness of God because when the tests come our way, we run from them, we avoid them. But they're invitations. They're invitations to step into into his promises, invitations to see that he's faithful, invitations to grow in our faith, right? James 1, 2 says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let that perseverance finish its work so that you may be made mature and complete, not lacking anything, right? So how do we recognize a test? It helps to have the right people around you. Because these people might have already been in the test that you're about to head into. So you can tell them, man, God's calling me to do something, whatever that is. And you can tell them, I I don't know exactly how to do this, how to handle this. And maybe they'll be able to say, ah, God called me to do that two years ago. And here's what I did. And here's how God was faithful, right? And they can encourage you in that. It helps to have the right people around you. You also have to have a heart linked to the word of God so that you know the promises of God, 
right? You have to regularly be in it. You have to use the word as a mirror to check yourself. How am I doing? How am I walking? Am I doing the things that God says I should be doing? Many people hear the word but are not doers of the word, right? In 2 Timothy, Paul tells us that the word directs our path. So when we face that trial, we need to be in the word so that we know which way to go to move forward in that. You also have the right, have the right sensitivity to the spirit of God. You can't be too busy. You can't be too busy to hear his promptings, right? Too busy that you avoid the tests, that you don't hear from God. You won't hear his promptings. Those three things can help you recognize when you're being tested, and hopefully when you recognize it, that it is a test, you won't run for it, but you'll step forward into the promise. You won't throw your confidence in God away, but you'll move forward. If you do that, I can assure you that every time he'll be faithful. He will. He'll be faithful. He'll provide for you. Not in your timing, not in the way that you think it is, right? But it is in his timing, in his views, that he, that he works. Second thing, and this is what I challenged our leaders with yesterday during a leadership meeting, don't be content with the last miracle, right? Don't be content with the last miracle, the last thing that God did for you. Don't be happy living in the promised land with the promised son and not be a willing to move away from that, right? Abraham could have been really relaxed and said, I'm good. When God tells you, hey, come up this mountain, sacrifice your son, right? No, 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 I'm good, God, right? I, I already stepped out on faith. I already did that a few times, and you answered, and, and you gave me the miracles, right? You, you, you set me up in the promised land in this nice subdivision. You set me up with this kid, right, that, that some amazing things are going to happen with, I, I'm good. Don't be happy with where you're at, right? Faith needs to be exercised. It needs to continually be exercised so that we can move forward. Know, know this, a, a test isn't just to take your faith deeper. It's also preparation to make you a conduit for God's power, for his grace in the world, right? With, with Abraham and ultimately with Isaac, it, this test included you and me. We, we were blessed through it by, by their faithfulness with it, right? It's through their lineage that Jesus would come. And it's through Jesus that God redeems mankind. It's through Jesus that our relationship with God that we once enjoyed in the garden right? That face-to-face -face relationship with God. It's through Jesus Christ that that is restored. How are you living today? Are you running from the tests? That's what we all need to ask ourselves. Or are you taking a step into the promise when the test comes? When God asks you to speak to somebody? Are you running from that or are you taking a step forward when he asks you to give towards something are you running from that or are you taking a step backwards or forward in that are you open to growing in your faith as that passage in James we read talked about are you discovering Jehovah Jireh that's my question for the church are we just content to be involved in what's happening here in our own ministry, taking care of ourselves? Are we content with that, right? Or are we willing to go up the mountain in whatever way that God asks us to do that? You, you know it's kind of funny and it's kind of sad at the same time? There are sometimes I get to hear a lot of stuff. I get to hear a lot of stuff what, what you guys are going through and, and seeing the tests that you're going through. And sometimes when I hear about the tests that you're going through and what you do and how you respond, sometimes I'm like, oh, don't do that. Play it safe, right? 
when the person who doesn't have a lot of money gives sacrificially to something? Like my first reaction is, don't worry about it. Why? Why would I be that way? Right? Why would I want to get in the way of that person discovering Jehovah Jireh? Right? That's stupid. Do I have such little faith? Don't I believe that if God calls somebody to do something, he'll enable them to do it? Absolutely. Right? He's Jehovah Jireh. He is the God that provides. Not only provides, but he blesses beyond that. And through them, he'll bless other people. Not only am I messing with them, I'm messing with all the other people that are going to be blessed through whatever they're doing, whatever God's calling them to do. We, we have had a lot of interesting moments on the church board probably in the last year where we've had times to go up the mountain, right? And I can tell you that the church board has always responded, and, and we've wondered how some things were going to work out, right? But we trust the God we serve. We trust the direction that he's taking us in. I, I remember uh, somebody brought this up yesterday when, when we passed out $2,000 right to the church. And we said, hey, we're entrusting this to you. Go bless it. And when it comes back, we're not going to keep it. We're going to give it away to other ministries, right? And so you got to pick the ministry that you wanted to bless and be a part of. And we, we ended up with five or $6,000 back to give out, right? We could have played it safe. We could have held on to that money. Right? Or we could trust that God will provide, that God will bless us. And he's called us to do that, right? He's called us to take up our giving in the church. And we've done that, and God has, God has provided. And he will continue to provide. I don't worry about money in the church. What if you and I believed that we really served Jehovah Jireh? What if we really believe that? That no matter what he calls us to, he'll provide for it. Whether it's a way that we're lacking, where we don't feel qualified, right? Or we don't feel like we have enough time or we have enough money or if we're not smart enough, right? What if we believe, though, that we served Jehovah Jireh? Mm. what would happen in our community? What would happen in all the other communities that we're a part of, right? What would happen around the world? I believe they'd be blessed even more. Let's never be content where we're at as a church or as individual followers of Christ, right? Let's follow God's leaving even when we don't understand it, even when it looks hard, even when it doesn't make sense, right? Even when we think we're not smart enough, let's trust that he'll provide. Lord, make us a conduit for your grace, right, to the lost. Make us a conduit for the ministry that you want to do. Lord, let us be good stewards of the, the resources that you entrust to us. Man, I, I want my kids to see a father who steps forward in faith. That's what I want my kids to see. Not, they, not that they'll think, man, our dad's cool and he's, he's brave or anything like that. But I want them to see that God makes a way. God provides, right? Even though our dad isn't very good in this area, right? God provides. He takes up the slack. That's what I want my kids to see. I want them to see how God was so faithful. So that when God comes to them and says, time to go up the mountain, they're like, I remember how you provided for our family and I'll follow you. Right? I want to end with this. This particular test was a picture of the ultimate provision of God. Right? This particular test was a picture of the ultimate provision of God. God told Abraham in verse 2, take your son, 
your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Take your son to the land of Moriah. We know from Chronicles, Solomon built the temple on Mount Moriah. This means this, this is where Jerusalem was, this area, right? The mountains here were the hills of Jerusalem. And we know that it was a hill on a hill outside of Jerusalem in the region of Moriah where God allowed his only son to be crucified for us. Right? It was on a mountain that the Lord provided a lamb, the lamb of God, Jesus Christ, to take away the sins of the world. The mountain where I believe Abraham was asked to sacrifice his son, but God provided a ram. This mountain where he named it Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. I believe that this is the same mountain where God provided the Lamb of God again. This time, God in the flesh, right? Jesus to be sacrificed for the sins of the world. This story is the picture of Christ. The proverb proven, right? You, if you're like me, you don't like to hear that God would test somebody with sacrificing his son, but this test was really the ultimate picture of what was coming, right? A picture of a God who was willing to sacrifice his son, of a son who was willing to lay down his life right? Just like Isaac. This is the spot, Jehovah Jireh. Not, not where the Lord will provide, but where the Lord did provide, right? God wasn't trying to be outlandish. God wasn't trying to go for a shock factor when he asked them to sacrifice his son. He's painting the picture of the minds of his people, For generation to generation, this story would have been passed down, right? Generation after generation, people would have heard about how God provided. And then when Jesus came and this happened, it would produce a chain reaction that would remind the people this is what it was all about. It was a foreshadowing. It was a picture of what just happened, of what came, right? He was preparing us to understand what he was doing in the future. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him, right, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the promise. That's the promise that we're all called to move forward into. The question maybe for some of you is just that. Will you step forward in that faith? Will you believe it? Will you step forward into that promise and put your faith in Jesus Christ? Will you trust him to save you? Will you, will you say to God, Lord, I do believe in you. I do believe that Jesus Christ died on a cross for me. I believe that you sacrificed your son. Jesus, I believe that you laid down your life for the world, for me, right? And I'll put my faith, I'll put my trust in that. I'll believe that you died for the things I've done wrong, right? And you paid the price for that. I will step forward in that promise and I will tell the world about what you've done for me. I'll tell those people who don't know about you about who you are and declare it. To to those of you that know Christ, step forward in faith into his promise. Trust that he'll provide and what he calls you to do. On this mountain, the Lord will provide. The question is, is anybody up on the mountain? Is anybody willing to go up the mountain? Because Jehovah Jireh is here, right? He'll meet you here. I don't know what he's saying to you. I don't know what he's asking of you. But I know that at some point, He's going to ask you to do the same exact thing that he asked Abraham to do. At some point in your faith walk, 
that same question will come. Are you willing to lay down the most important thing in your life for me? And you're going to have a choice. And some of you will say no. But some of you will say yes. And your faith will grow exponentially. I guarantee it. Your faith will grow exponentially. The choice is going to come down to this. Am I the greatest thing in your life? That's what God's going to say. Am I the greatest thing in your life or you... Or will you put something in my place? Will you put this idol in my place? Will you worship me? Or will you worship this, this thing that you love? And I pray that you worship him. I pray that you lay everything down at his feet. Would you stand with me? I don't know if you're hearing what he's speaking to you. I don't know if he's giving you something specific right now, or I don't know if he's just challenging you to lay everything down. But would you listen? Would you listen to that? Would you go out of here and not be too busy and just forget it? Would you answer that question right now? Will I, will I lay it all down? Whatever it is, Lord, Holy Spirit, would you show me what's getting in the way in my heart? Would you show me what I've put in place of you? Would you show me what I want to hang on to and not let go of? And then would you make a decision? Decide to lay it down or not, right? I'm praying you lay it down, whatever it is. I'm praying that you get to see how much better he, what he has for you than what you're holding on is, right? Man, I, I've tried to hold on, hold on to a lot of things in my life, stupid things, right? And what he has is so much better. Lay it down. That's my prayer for you. If you made a decision today, if you don't know Christ, and you're deciding to move forward into that promise and trust him with that, would you get with me and let me know so that I can pray for you, that, so I can help you in some more steps, some next steps? Grab Pastor Doug, right? Grab somebody else in the church if you don't want to talk to me, and I'll help you in that. If you're online, shoot us an email. Get in touch with us. Our cell phones, our, our contact forms are all there and available for you. We'd love to talk to you, whether it's this week or, or next month or whatever. And... and to the rest of you, lay it down. Lay it down. Whatever it is. Whatever he's asking you to do, step forward into that and trust in him. Trust in Jehovah Jireh. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you that you are a God who tests us so that our faith can get stronger. Lord, I pray that we would be people that respond to the test by stepping forward in faith. Lord, I, I pray that if somebody's already stepped forward in faith in something that you promised and they're waiting for an answer, that you give them the strength to keep waiting or to, to recognize what that answer is. Lord, I pray that we trust your timing. I pray that we trust you. I pray that we would really believe it, that you can provide, that you do move. Lord, and I pray our lives would be evidence of that belief. Lord, we love you and we give you all praise. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.